Now, a question for today. I really am looking forward to responding to this because I think it's an important question. Uh, This listener asked, I have a family member who's very much into conspiracies. Every time we're together, I hear about another conspiracy. Now, I realize we're living in a strange world and some of these, quote, conspiracies actually have come true. But some of them are so off the wall, and then we get into conversations, and honestly, they tend to get rather hostile. Now, can you relate to that? I suspect that you can. So how do we handle this? Let me say a few words about conspiracies in the life of a believer. One of the things we need to realize is that the Bible describes for us a great deception which you could classify in one sense as a divine conspiracy. It's the conspiracy of the forces of darkness, Satan and his, his demons, conspiring together in order to mislead people, to lead them away from the cross of Jesus Christ, to lead people into a Christless eternity, And Satan is manipulating the world in order to accomplish that purpose. And he hides. And we know in the Word of God, he is blinding the minds of the unbelieving. He is attacking believers at every turn. I like to stop and think of that divine conspiracy described in the Bible. The forces of darkness conspiring against the God of the universe and the work of the cross of Jesus Christ. Now, that's a conspiracy that we need to be communicating to people. We need to elevate these conversations. Now, when it comes to things that are playing out in our rather strange world, there are so many conspiracies. There are so many things that play out that it's really difficult to know the truth, isn't it? Now, here's the warning I want to give to all of us as believers in Jesus Christ, all of us who would embrace the Word of God. If you profess to be a believer, you say, I believe what the Bible says, and then you embrace a conspiracy that turns out to be a major fraud, and it's proven. Let me tell you what happens in the minds of a lot of people. They put the two together. Oh, you're one of those Bible-believing Christians, right? You really believe that Bible. Well, and you you believed uh, QAnon was going to show up in downtown Dallas November 3rd or 4th, right? And so you are discredited in terms of your credibility. You don't want to do that. And we don't have a lot of time to, to get into conspiracies when people are going to hell. We need to speak up about biblical truth. And when conspiracies surface, evaluate all things with a discerning mind and looking to the scriptures, but protect your integrity to talk about the Word of God. If you talk about something that is proven to be false and absurd, then people will then take that view of you, and when you talk about the scriptures, you you are marginalized, you're minimized. I would encourage you to turn to Ephesians chapter 4. And begin reading in verse 10. It says, He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he, of course, this is the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, 
for building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children, tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, now this is what our goal ought to be in our conversations with others, rather speaking the truth in love. We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. We should be speaking the truth in love. And the truth that we need to be speaking is what the Word of God says. And to speak it in love is to do so in a way that the person feels appreciated and valued, that you're not simply trying to win an argument. So I would then suggest, in light of this verse and many others, that when someone we are close to, family member, neighbor, friend, begins to talk about conspiracy theories, it might be best to not engage at any level or to simply be nice and say, and I've heard that, and boy, it's really hard to, to determine what the truth is these days. And then turn the conversation to the Word of God. Say, when I look at this world, though, I can see that the Lord Jesus could return soon, and, and if the person is not a believer, turn the conversation to the gospel to say, you know, this world, the way it's going, the only thing we can count on is what God says. And God says when we trust in his son, our sins are forgiven and we have eternal life. And that's what I'm holding on to. Now, there's a lot more we could say, but uh, let me invite you, by the way, to send your question to John at livetheword.org, and we'll do our best to address it on a future broadcast. I hope uh, what I shared is helpful. Now, here's a question that I know a number of Roman Catholic pro-life advocates have, and that is we are not sure how to respond when we see that President Biden met with the Pope who said it was okay for President Biden to take communion. I can understand your concern. It makes no sense, especially when you consider the theological position of the Roman Catholic Church that believes that it is literally, the Eucharist is literally the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Now, we can analyze that biblically, but let's just say that's the Catholic position. That's held, obviously, by the Pope, but it's also held by Joe Biden. And so in that meeting together at the Vatican, the Pope said it was okay for Joe Biden, who is very much supportive of legislation that allows for abortions up until, literally, the time of birth, how could he be permitted to take what Catholics believe is the literal body of Christ, the literal blood of Christ. How could he take that and at the same time be willing to allow mothers to destroy the body and shed the blood of their innocent unborn babies? That is really difficult to put together, isn't it? Now, when it comes to this, I, it causes me great concern relative, obviously, to the leadership of the Pope, relative to the belief system of the Catholic Church, which I'm not saying that I embrace, even their position on the, on the Eucharist. But if you hold that position and someone like Joe Biden comes, it's uh, disconcerting, to say the least, 
that the most prominent religious leader in the world and the most prominent political leader in the world could come together and not take a stand for life. That, that is really hard to, to deal with, to grasp. And so if you're a Catholic especially, I would be concerned. As I reflect back, growing up Roman Catholic, I can remember the Vatican Council, Pope John Paul. I also can remember those that I knew close in as I went to Most Holy Redeemer, then Gloucester Catholic High School. I remember uh, his first father, Shad, who became Monsignor Shad and then became Bishop Shad. I can remember Father Veloso coming to the door and inviting my parents to send me to Most Holy Redeemer when it first opened up. I can remember Father Snyder, Father Fitzsimmons, and I have many fond memories. I think especially of the of Father Fitzsimmons, Irish priest, red hair, a wonderful spirit in terms of the way he expressed himself and his obvious love for us as students. And I can remember the conversations we had about the things he was teaching in the religion class. But for me, as it may well be for you as you listen today, I, in my college years, paid lip service to my upbringing. I went to Mass primarily on, at Christmas Eve, and so I really didn't continue to, quote, practice my faith with confession and communion and the like. But I was searching. I was searching for purpose and meaning in life. I wanted to know that there was something beyond this world, and if there was something beyond this world, I needed to know what it was all about. And it wasn't until I went through college and I prayed a prayer as I was getting out of college, as I looked out on the Atlantic Ocean and just thinking about it brings me to an emotional point. As I think back, I looked out over the ocean and I said, if you're the God of this universe, please show me. That's what I said. And little did I realize that that prayer would be answered and my life would begin to change within hours And then I was invited to go to a campground a few hours away from where I lived. And it was there that having heard from others that I could have a relationship with Jesus Christ, that I could put my full faith and trust in him and be forgiven and have eternal life. I had heard that repeatedly leading up to this time. And then I realized, I know I'm a sinner, and I want to be forgiven. And I asked Jesus Christ to forgive me, to have his death on the cross cover my sins. I put my full faith, my full trust in him, knowing I had nothing good to bring to the equation. And my whole life changed. And that's now decades ago. And I am so grateful to him. So I would like to say this, if you happen to be someone who has never heard this message, or maybe you have grown up Roman Catholic, and you're trying somehow to to gain a right standing with the Lord, you can't. It's a gift. Please, don't let this moment pass. Receive the gift. Just tell him, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. You died for my sins. I trust totally in you that I could be forgiven and receive what you have bought for me, the gift, and I'm receiving the gift now, Lord, of eternal life. Pray that simple prayer, and I promise you, your life will change forever.